This episode is brought to you by Goalie. Did you know the University of Michigan did a study that found over 80% of apps for kids are designed to lure them into longer gameplay and more in-app purchases? Goalie decided it was time for this to end. Unlike the Kindle and iPad that have endless ads and potentially dangerous content, Goalie is a tablet with only apps that build independent kids. It has no web browser, no social media, and no ads, ever. It has award-winning learning apps like Khan Academy, Duolingo ABC, and Starfall, and the best part? is completely parent-controlled. In my house, we use Goalie's kids' calendar to teach my son how to stay on task. He learns life skills, like how to make a sandwich, by watching one of the hundreds of video classes and can practice it by following along with one of the 50 pre-made routines. As a dad, there's no better feeling than knowing that my son is becoming more independent every day. For more information and to try Goalie risk-free for 30 days, visit getgoalie.com. That's G-E-T-G-O-A-L-L-Y.com and use the code THEAUTISMDAD to save 10%. Welcome to The Autism Dad Ohio. I'm Rob Gorski. Building on the success of my award-winning blog and podcast, The Autism Dad, this localized edition supports Ohio families on their autism parenting journeys. As a single dad of three amazing autistic kids, I've been a go-to resource for parents navigating neurodivergence across the globe since 2010. The Autism Dad Ohio connects you with essential resources, education, and support that will help you all throughout your journey. You'll also hear inspiring stories from families all across Ohio, just like yours, reminding you that you're not alone. So don't miss out. New episodes drop every Friday. Subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app and visit theautismdad.com for more information. On this week's episode of the Autism Dad Ohio, we are going to have a conversation all about transitioning our kids into the new school year. Uh, I have had so many messages from you guys over the last few weeks, either dealing with this already or, or going to be dealing with this by the time you hear this and you're overwhelmed. I, I totally get it because I have been there. I, I've only got one kid left in school and he started his sophomore year just uh, a few days ago, but it's a tough thing. Like autistic kids struggle with transition a lot of times and the routine change and going from summer break to the school year is really tough for a million different reasons. So what we're going to do today is we're going to have a conversation with Nicole White. Uh, Nicole's an autism mom. She lives in Northeast Ohio, and she has a platform raising Ramey. She's a friend of mine. She's been on a pod before, and we're going to talk about how she navigated this transition with her son and kind of how she helped the school prepare for him, helped him prepare for the school, got everybody on the same page. And, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the emotional things that she had to deal with because it's scary when we other people in charge of the care of our autistic kids, right? So we're going to talk all about that. It was a great conversation and uh, I hope you guys find it helpful. So thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Thank you for for coming back on the show. I really appreciate it. You were on, well, you live in Ohio. You live about 20 minutes. From yeah. And I've talked to both you and Ray uh, mm-hmm. over the last couple of months uh, you guys have been on the podcast and, and we just kind of talked about your journeys from different perspectives and whatever. And as the new school year has kind of crept up on us, um, I know quickly, it, right. It really did. Um, I know that, you know, Ramey just started school and, he did. and there's a lot of parents out there who have been talking about just kind of that anxiety that they experience as they're kind of letting, kind of like letting your kids go. And, and entrusting yeah. that care to somebody else. And I, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, you're really good at articulating what you're experiencing. And I thought we could have a conversation just, you know, Thanks. about what that was like for you, because I know how hard it was for me to 
mm-hmm. turn over my kids to the school. Um, yeah. So could you just kind of, well, remind everybody who you are and a little bit about yourself and your family. And then just, you know, what was it like as you were kind of building up to the beginning of the new school year? Okay. Um, well, I'm so happy to be back on here. Um, my name is Nicole White and I am married with three kids. I have two neurotypical daughters. One is 17 and in her senior year of high school, one is seven and her name is Jocelyn. And then my son, Ramey, who is five, he just started kindergarten. He was diagnosed at um, two and a half with level three severe autism with severe language disorder, otherwise non-speaking and sensory processing disorder. And I run the page um, called Raising Ramey to just kind of show our journey through autism and how we navigate our life as a family and try and live it as full as we can. That's awesome. That's I love what you guys uh, I love what you guys do. Thank you. Um, so I, I know like when we talked the first time we talked and I think even when I talked to Ray, it was brought up. Um you were, you guys were, have been kind of anticipating Ramey starting school. Cause I know there was a whole process that you went through mm-hmm. trying to find the right fit for him. And, right. you know, I just wondered if you could kind of talk a little bit about what that process was like. And, you know, cause there's parents out there who are going through that and maybe don't know what to do or, or how to approach it. And, and um, I, I really liked the way that you guys did this. So uh, okay. maybe you could share that. Absolutely. So Ramey went to a specialized preschool that um, dealt with other children on the spectrum. Um, we had two options. Well, I guess you could say three options if, if we include homeschooling, but that really wasn't on our radar. Um, our two options were to continue with specialized school, which his preschool then went into an elementary and middle school. Mm-hmm. And then they also offer a high school that is specifically for children on the spectrum. Um, And we could have gone that route or we could have gone the um, public school route and mainstreamed him and had him in school with everybody, both, you know, you know, dealing with special education and general education Mm -hmm. and having that experience. So our thought was um, Jocelyn, and Ramey are very close. Jocelyn is in elementary school, obviously. You know, she's in second grade. And she was really kind of excited and almost just assumed that Ramey would be starting kindergarten at her school. Mm-hmm. So when we started talking about kindergarten, she's like, Ramey's going to be at my school, <laughs> you know? So we kind of were like, okay, well, she really wants that. And we know that they have, um, you know, special education offered there. And we knew that we wanted, we wanted to try the special education, general education combination. We wanted to have him be able to have time with his neurotypical peers and, you know, have just exposure to all the things Mm -hmm. that everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And on top of it, Jocelyn's there and that, that just seemed like a, a natural kind of fit. But I think the one thing I want to stress that we also kept in the back of our minds that kept a lot of the stress off was um, nothing is permanent. Mm -hmm. 
we went into this knowing that these are temporary decisions. If for any reason, and I, I can't stress enough, have a pl- backup plan B and C. Mm-hmm. Our backup plan was if this doesn't work out, you know, we will homeschool him the rest of the year if we need to. And then we will start him off in the specialized school next year. Mm-hmm. You know, unless we're able to just kind of transfer him over, then that would have been great too. But, you know, always have a plan B. Then you'll feel better and you'll realize, you know, it's not so permanent that there is something to do if this doesn't fit just right. Right. So um, that's what we did. We also, we took advantage of the open houses. We took advantage of going and seeing the classrooms and meeting the teachers and, and doing all those things. We asked all the questions we wanted to ask. We sat down at his IEP meeting his, to transition him to kindergarten and stood firm about what we expected for our son. And my big thing for that was I wanted to know that he would have an attendant with him anytime he left the special education room. So he would spend, you know, the way his IEP works out is he's in special education or the resource room 65% of the time. Okay. And then 35% of the time he goes in to do specials like art, music, gym, um, and then he does recess and lunch with everyone. Mm-hmm. So my concern was he needs to have someone with him outside this room because Ramey does require the one-on-one care at all times. Um, so that was my little thing that I was like, unless this happens, we won't be going here. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they agreed and I had his preschool teacher, you know, zoomed in and, and she agreed that he, he needed the one-on-one care and it was put in his IEP that it would be that way. So I felt, felt pretty good about that. And, um, you know, we just, we did all the little things to make ourselves feel better. <laughs> Remy's got a GPS on him right now. Like I just looked at the GPS before we hopped on. I'm like, okay, is he still where he should be at school? Is he, is he right where he needs to be? Yeah. So how... You know, that, that, that's so, it's so relatable. It's so relatable. How, well, does he take the bus? No, we, we thought about it and our school district does, um, does provide a special needs transportation and Ramey would be strapped in and everything. Okay. They even, they even told me today, things have worked out so well for us. I can't even tell you. I'm so happy that we made the decision we did. Um, I was even told yesterday by his teacher that, Jocelyn can ride the special needs bus with Remy if that's what I would prefer. Um, and they have an attendant going to and from with the kids just to make it easier than, you know, picking him up and getting her over here and, and all that. Remy tends to get car sick. Oh, okay. So, so to take an extended bus ride, part of me feels like he would be fine. But the other part of me is like, you know, if that bus ride goes a little too long, then that could start off his day bad. So, and and we live so close to the school that it's just like, you know, I can just get Jocelyn on the bus. And then 20 minutes later, I'm taking Ramey to school Mm -hmm. and we literally live five minutes away. So, yeah, I, I, I I forgot about the, well, he has a cyclic vomiting thing, right? Is Mm -hmm. that, is that tied at all to the car sickness? Um, William, we actually have an appointment with his GI doctor this week. Uh, I don't think that it necessarily ties into the car sickness. 
I think the biggest thing that ties in is his sensory, I think sensory processing disorder even more so. Yeah. Um, I think all the vestibular input, the, the turning, the stopping, the starting, I think that shakes him up sensitivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I I mean, it's, I, I, I was just curious because, uh, I, there, there are a lot of, I have noticed that a lot of parents of autistic kids have a similar experience with like long car rides, uh, mm-hmm. that, um, that car sickness. And I, I didn't know. So maybe it is, maybe it is. I mean, it makes sense because you're more sensitive yeah. to that. And when you, when you shake up the the fluid in your ear, it can make you nauseous and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. And so he, maybe he's just more susceptible to that. That's, that's interesting. I never, I didn't realize that. Um, that was, that was my thought. I forget where I read that. Um, that that has a, a, cause I was looking up car sickness in autistic kiddos to see if it was, cause Ramey seems to be more severe than my girls were. Mm-hmm. And Ray and I both get that too. Um, maybe it's genetic. Probably. I, I think we're going to find probably. like so many things are genetic. I, I'm noticing that even with my kids that they're getting, uh, there's like things that pop up along the way <laughs> that, uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, your mom had that or, you know, I deal with that or whatever. And uh, a lot of a lot of this stuff is genetic. And I think a lot of parents that have autistic kids would find out, too, that they may be autistic or, or have ADHD or something like the apples don't always I fall, firmly believe. you know, far from the tree. Yeah, I firmly believe in um, a genetic predisposition to this. I 100 percent believe that if a lot of us parents were tested there, <laughs> there would be, be a lot, lot more diagnoses <laughs> yes, yeah i think that it would be flooded with yeah. autistic people yeah uh I-, I wanted to ask you i know he had his first day right yeah how did that go yeah oh really really <laughs> okay, good so he did well i I've been working on preparing him for his first day all summer. Okay. Um, a big, a big plan of attack for me was, um, even on his visual schedule, the little building that they have on there for school, like he associates that with preschool. He associates school with preschool. So how do I transition him from knowing that school is not that building anymore I mean, Ramey even knows the path we take. So I even have to be conscious of when I would take him to preschool, I can only go one way because if I went another way, he would start getting upset thinking we're not going there anymore. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, we live close. Jocelyn likes the playground. Ramey likes the playground. We're going to go every week or two and we're going to go to the school and we're just going to play on the playground. He'll get familiar with the building. He'll get familiar with the playground and I'll establish a route. So that way he knows when we're driving this way, we're going to school. Oh, wow. That was really smart. So that was my first thing is he's going to be familiar with this area. This is not going to be new to him. And I took the card that I was going to be using for school on his visual schedule because he responds well to them. Mm -hmm. And when I took it, I showed him this is school. And I showed him the building and I kept pointing back and forth between the card and the building. So this is school. This is your new school. So, you know, a few times of doing that, I think he got it because by the time first day rolled around and we were driving to school, he was ready. 
we had the visual schedules at home, like, look, we're going to get shoes on, we're going to go to school, you're going to play on the playground, and then you're going to come home to your tablet. We had it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was very calm going to school. We pulled in. He knew the routine. I even, because we have to park at the grocery store across the street and then walk over. That's what I would still do even during the summer when they had parking at the school. I'd still park at the grocery store and walk over. Like, we're doing everything as if you're going to school. Mm-hmm. So we get there. He waited. And he was a little iffy on the waiting. But once he got in there, I was like, okay. I was the mess. Yeah. I was horrible. <laughs> I sobbed. <laughs> yeah, right? Did you want to come back in and see him? I was like, yes. <laughs> so I go back in. And in his room, they have a platform with the with a mat on it. Okay. And on that platform is a giant bubble tower. I come in. I'm like, where's Ramey? He's hanging off the bubble tower, like having fun. Didn't care that I was <laughs> nowhere around. So, you know, I leave. He did good. We He had the, the visual schedules. I packed him a little one for his bag. So he knew that it was school. Mommy's coming to get you, then home. Mm-hmm. Um. I packed the fidgets that he likes that'll calm him down. You know, I did all the things, his favorite foods. Mm -hmm. I gave his teachers a get to know me sheet that said his likes, his dislikes, his stims. I saw that. Um, That was a really good idea. Yep. What to do if he gets upset that does calm him down. Mm -hmm. And even a printed out little laminated sheet for his lunch. Like, Hey, I don't, spoon feed yet i still need spoon fed please be patient with me mm-hmm. if you have any questions call my mommy um so he he was ready like we had all everything that i could have done to make myself feel better i did and i just i left i texted his teacher back and forth throughout the day she said he was doing amazing and when i picked him up he was happy as could be wow that was his first day, but we had, we had kindergarten screening a couple days before, which I thought, okay, Raymond's not going to make it to this kindergarten screening because it's a lot of it's verbal. Um, I don't want to hear what he can't do. I just wasn't, I was so stressed about him going to school that all that I just didn't need. Mm-hmm. And we walk in and the kindergarten teacher for, cause he's got his special ed teacher and he's got his general education teacher. Mm-hmm. His gen ed kindergarten teacher was none other than Jocelyn's kindergarten teacher. And we love her. Okay. So she was just like, come on in. And the classroom ended up being right across the hall, directly across the hall from his special ed room. Um, Ramey was running around loving the classroom. She's like, we're not going to do the screening. She goes, it's all verbal. I'm not going to do that to you. I just want to see him and get him acquainted with his classroom. So then I'm like, that's why I love you. (laughs) Cause she's, she's just, I mean, she's amazing. That's so cool. Um, the whole time he was there, normally Ramey bolts for the door or he'll take it in and kind of go, okay, I'm over this and then go for the door. Not one time. He started saying his ABCs. He started saying colors, like actually, verbally saying things when that's typically not what he does when he's in a new environment, he stays very quiet. Uh He was all over. He was completely at ease. Wow. 
So I was just like, and I told her, I said, I'm a mess. Just so you know, I said, I'm so much better that I know that you're his kindergarten teacher. And I love his special ed teacher, but I'm still a mess. She goes, he's going to be okay. Everyone's going to be with him when he leaves that room. He's going to be fine. And he was. The the report of the day on his first day was that he was, and I quote, she was, he was um, content and happy all day. Mm -hmm. He went to recess with all of his peers and his attendant. They said he walked around the playground like he owned the place. (laughs) Um, I'm like, he's very well versed in that playground. We were all over it and lived there this summer. Um, he also went to lunch and did fine in the cafeteria. Okay. And, and then what was, he had gym yesterday and he, with it, with the mixture of him in and his, uh, gen ed kindergarten class. So he does all of his specials with his general education class. Mm -hmm. Um, and he ran and with his attendant and he ran around the gym, had a ball, I picked him up. He was smiling and he doesn't even have the anxiety really leaving to go to school. It's just like, okay, let's do this. That's gotta be such a relief. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I've been holding my breath for so long. I felt completely like deflated when, <laughs> when this happened because even, uh, was it yesterday morning uh-huh. on his visual schedule? It has, you know, get shoes on or get dressed, get shoes on, go to school and go to the playground. And he brought me up and he pushed my hand towards the playground. I said, well, honey, we have to go to school first before we go to the playground. We have to go to school first, then the playground. And then he brought me over to his shoes and he was like, shoes on. Are you ready to go to school? He said, shoes on. I was like, we still have about 20 minutes before we have to leave kiddo. <laughs> So I set the visual timer for him. He looked, he's like, all right. And then he just went and <laughs> did his little old man thing around the house mm-hmm. and how, how, waited until it was time for school. Wow. You know, when my, uh, my kids w- were in a school designed for autistic kids and kids with learning disabilities for like kindergarten through eighth grade. And the first time that they were like mainstreamed was high school and they, they, uh, were in the largest, it was McKinley high school down here, which is the Mm -hmm. biggest one in the area. And so they went from like having 70 kids in their school to 2,800. Right. And, you know, it ultimately didn't work out just because the, they were drowning in people. Right. And they just weren't, that's a lot. wasn't a good fit for them ultimately, but I remember dropping Elliot off because Elliot started before Emmett did. Mm. And, and not only did he leave, he went in the middle of the school year, like towards the end of the the school year of his freshman year um, that he made the switch to the new school. I was an absolute Mm. mess when I would drop him off the first day and he's too old for me to walk him in. You know I mean? Like he, he can navigate and figure all this stuff out. So I I knew he would do that, but I just didn't, I, I was so afraid all these years I spent, like trying to protect them from all those things that I thought would happen if they were, you know, in that environment. And he went in, which is completely understandable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Completely understandable. Yeah. Totally understandable. And, um, but he ended up having a really good day. 
you know? And I remember just Yay. sitting in the park and thinking like, well, it's only, it's only seven hours. I'll just sit here and wait, <laughs> you know, right? like I mean, he's like 16 years old and I'm going to like wait in the parking lot at the school. And he went, he, he went in and he was fine. And you know, like ultimately they ended up moving to a different school just because it was a better fit for them. But, yeah. but I was the one who was freaked out, you know, I mean, he, he yes. just went and did his thing and that was it. And he and was good. But for me, it was like, I, I can relate to what you were saying when you were telling the teacher, like you're a mess. I mean, he's out there doing his thing, yeah. having a great time and you're just trying to like hold it together because you're anxious and nervous and worried and whatever. And we're like catastrophic yeah. thinkers, right? Big time. And oh, big we're, time. We're, yeah, we're preparing for the worst possible case scenario <laughs> so that it never yes. surprises Which us, Which is right? why he has four visual schedules at home. Yeah. He, he probably only needs one. He's got four. Yeah, it's just what, it's just how we operate because <laughs> we, learn, yeah. we learn that the unexpected can often be a negative thing. It isn't always, but it just sort of feels that way. So we prepare for the worst just so that we're able to deal with it. I think it doesn't help either with, with Ramy, like, I don't know if you've experienced this, um, but with Ramy being uh, non-speaking and like he has, he has certain words now and he gained a couple phrases over the summer, but to have a conversation is, is not where we're at right now. That's not possible. Um, and he's learning his, his AEC device. He's learning his talker and he does well, but it's more on a, a necessary kind of basis. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as much as I tried to prepare him for school, you still don't quite know what they understand. Yeah. And I struggled with that leading up to him. Like, I wish I just knew what you understood because I don't want to, you know, beat you over the head with this. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't want you not prepared just in case you're not understanding right yep. now. So, and I, I really, I struggle with that. So I tried to take on the, the the frame of mind of okay I'm going to talk to him as if he completely understands mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna and we woke up that day and I said buddy you got kindergarten today like we're gonna go to school today and I left it at that but I prepared everything else as if he didn't understand so he's got all the visual schedules just in case he doesn't but I'm trying to treat him and presume confidence and treat him as though he did understand. Mm -hmm. So somewhere we found, we found a kind of a balance because he will get frustrated if you overdirect him. Mm -hmm. He will get frustrated if you say things too much. I've done that before. Yeah. I mean, my, my kids are the same way. Um, well, in, in a sense that like, they don't like to be micromanaged and I, and yeah. I get it as they got, as they've gotten older, they don't need that anymore. Uh, my oldest yeah. still does to some extent, but largely he's doing really, really well. Uh, right. It's probably, it's situational. Yeah. It's yeah. It's situational. And, uh, but it's a, it's a big change to, mm -hmm. to, to step back or like untether, let go so, so that they can sort of experience the world in enough of a way that it helps them to grow and reach their potential and everything. And it's just, it's just a very delicate balance. It's that is very difficult to obtain sometimes. And, you know, I think what you're doing is really smart. You know, you're, you're, assuming the best, but you're also, you have a plan for if the best isn't what actually happens and you have to, you right. have to address it, you know? And I think that's, I think that's totally reasonable and, and very practical. I think this is where my control freak nature like comes in. Cause it's not that I need, it's like, 
it's not a bad controlling. It's a, well, if I can just do this, then this won't happen. Yeah. You know, that false sense of like controlling an yeah. outcome. Yeah. But I do a lot of that. Yeah. But it, you know, you, you find what works and, and ultimately yeah. you have to be able to, to sleep at night. And if that's what helps mm-hmm. you to sleep at night, uh, you know, and I know sleep is hard enough for most of us, you know, I, I right? think there's nothing wrong with it. You're not hurting anyone and you're just, you're just doing what you need to do uh, and, and what you feel is best for your family in a moment. And, and you can evolve as time goes on and make changes where you need to, but at least, you know, we're, we're existing in, in, in a situation where there is no instruction manual. There is no parenting book out there that can help us to navigate this stuff. It's largely learning from other parents and mm-hmm. there's no way, there's no way to, to know what the right thing and wrong thing is until after the fact, right? Until you're, until it's long, long past happened. And and so we do what we think is best in the moment. And maybe it proves to be the right thing in time. Maybe it was something that we could have done differently, but there's no way to know. And, and all we do yeah. is the best that we can with the best of intentions. And it's, it's a leap of faith a lot of times because there is no, yeah there is no instruction manual for raising an autistic child. There just isn't. No, it's a lot. It it is a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of listening with more than your ears. And it's a lot of acceptance of, because I think sometimes people fight limitations and I think they fight it because they don't realize that limitations aren't permanent either. Right. It's just where you're at right now. So I think that if you accept where everyone's at, Listen with more than your ears because your kids are trying to show you something at every turn. And I, I do this with my girls just as much as I do it with Remy, but he really opened my eyes to that. Um, you know, it'll be okay. They, they can, they can handle a lot more than what we, what we think they can. Yeah. Like I sat there and I, my, my big concern too was, the school being too people-y mm-hmm. because he had like six kids in his class and at preschool and it was just very, you know, everyone had a grown up kind of thing. And I thought, Oh man. Okay. So my big thing this summer too, to, to prepare him for people in a new place where let's, let's go places because I was, I was shielding Ramey a lot. So my thing was, okay, we're going to get zoo passes. And we're going to go to the zoo as much as we can, because that is a high traffic area. It's out of the house. Mm -hmm. It's somewhere he hasn't been a lot. I mean, he's only five, so he's not going to remember going there at a younger age. So we did. We went to the zoo every few weeks. We went during sensory hours so he can get kind of the lay of the land. And then the next time we went during the general public hours. And there were times where it got a little too much for him, but he continually got around people. And when we went to the open house, which I was like, oh, geez, it's going to be a lot of people like scooching through the hallways. Right. He was fine. He couldn't have cared less. Not a worry in the world about everyone running around him. That's so cool. Because he was just going to follow us and go on his own way. So we just, it was, it was the summer of preparation. Yeah. And <laughs> for all the things. And, and you, you, I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, really? But it, but it paid off. <laughs> It did. And, and I think, it you know, it's, it's, it just kind of comes down to helping our kids manage transitions. I think 
And the sooner we start preparing them for changes over time, the easier it is for them to, to make that, that jump because it's not as, Mm -hmm. um, it's not as significant of a, of a, of a jump, right? It's, it's a smoother process and it's just, you know, you take the time to do that as best you can ahead of time. And it just makes the rest of the process easier for, Mm -hmm. for everybody. So I think you guys did a great job. And, um, what do you have any advice for, for parents out there who are, you know, struggling to navigate this, you know, or, or or their kids going to be starting school or they're worried about all the things that we just talked about? I would say first and foremost, again, nothing is permanent. Cause I think we feel like we get, we, if I make this decision, I'm locked into this decision and that's just how it's going to be forever. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not the case. It just feels that way. Um, nothing is permanent. Have your plan B have the, if this doesn't work out, if this isn't the right fit, where do we, what do we do then? Because if you have options, you automatically feel better. It takes, takes the tension away. So I would have that plan B. I would talk to your plan A and make sure that all the things you want in place for your child to make you feel better and to make them feel, make them safe are there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make sure there's no deal breakers there. And that's, that's the start. And then it's just working around doing the little things like getting them eased into the transition. But yeah, I, it, it always made me feel better going, you know what? I, I do have another option. We're going to try this. We're going to put everything in place. And if it doesn't work out, it wasn't meant to be time for plan B. And it's not the end of the world. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, Sun's coming up tomorrow. So <laughs> either you're driving them here or you're driving them there. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's really good because it's hard to, it's sometimes hard to, to remember that in the moment because anxiety oh, yeah. and emotion and it can kind of cloud our ability to navigate things or influence our ability to navigate things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can just step back and and take a breath and remember that, then it, it makes it easier for us and then ultimately easier on, on our kids. And yeah. so, so I think, you know, I, like, I really appreciate you, you sharing this because I, I think it really helps parents to learn from other parents. And you do such a good job of doing this, uh, Thank you. on, uh, with, with raising Ramey. And, um, you know, I think it, it was just, I've been hearing so many people talk about this and mm. I just wanted to to have a conversation because I saw, I've been kind of following your like preparation as you were getting closer to the school year. And I saw your post the other day about, that was a mess. yeah. And, and, uh, you know how he looks so happy with his, you know, pictures for like the first day of school and stuff. And I thought, well, oh, we just need to talk about this and, and maybe help parents to just feel better about this and, and maybe learn. Cause from, it's consuming. It, it is, is very consuming. consuming. Yeah, it is. I mean, even when they're older, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, I think a lot of times it's scarier for us as parents than it is for our kids. Yeah. Just because, like I said, we tend to be catastrophic thinkers and we're assuming mm-hmm. the worst case scenario a lot of times. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, I think you did a, you guys did a great job and, and I think it's very helpful, um, 
for parents to, to learn some of this stuff and know that they're not the only ones out there feeling like this. And Hey, there's some, yeah. some, this is how we manage this transition. And you know, maybe it helps with school breaks or maybe someone has mm-hmm. to start a new school or, you know, whatever Th- that advice I think can carry over into more things than just preparing for the beginning of the school year. So, um, Oh, absolutely. I, I really, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me again. This was fun. How, how, well, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, how, how can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, both are under raising Ramey. Instagram tends to be where I'm mostly active. Um, but I, I am consistently on both. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just raising Ramey. Cool. I'll have all the links in the show notes. so People can find you and, uh, and connect and follow your, your story. Uh, tell Ray that I said, hello. And, uh, I will. and, uh, we'll have to, you know, do this again and, and maybe take on some topics that yeah. are timely or, you know, uh, you know, helpful for people. Cause I, I think you guys do a really good job and Ray did a really good job too. When, when we talked, uh, I listened, I was impressed. He, he, I, yeah, he did. It. I was really, <laughs> I was like, this is a really, I mean, not that it was surprised, but like, you know what I mean? Like hey. dads tend to not share as openly. And he was just like, put it all out there. And, and I was like, wow, yeah, that was really, it was really helpful for a lot of, a lot of dads to hear somebody open up. Yeah. Like you guys that. did a good job. So thank you. Tell them I said hello and uh, my best to your family. Before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to tune in today. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I put a lot of time and energy into each one of these episodes because I want there to be a resource for you that wasn't available for me when I was going through this with my kids. And, you know, I I want there to be a positive impact on your lives. I want you to be able to learn something and enjoy what you're hearing. So uh, thank you again. I really appreciate it. For more information, you can visit theautismdad.com. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye.